There were a ton of questions entering 2023 Colts training camp, and now we've got some answers. Let's get to it. You are Locked On Colts, your daily Indianapolis Colts podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up? Thanks for joining us this afternoon, everybody. Uh, This is your daily podcast covering your Indianapolis Colts, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And today's show is brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs, which helps you find the qualified candidates that you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on NFL. That's linkedin.com slash locked on NFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. Welcome to the show again, everybody. I am Jake Arthur. He is Zach Hicks. You know us from HorseshoeHuddle.com. I've been bringing you all the latest scoopage from Colts training camp, which is now over. Uh, Zach has just been cleaning up with all the film reviews and doing all the stuff that we love to read. Uh, So again, welcome to today's show. We are on the eve of the Colts' second preseason game against the Chicago Bears. Uh, And we're actually got a, a special little episode today because... Uh, the folks over at Lou Malnati's, which is Chicago-style deep-dish pizza, uh, they were nice to hook a couple brothers up with some of their pizza here. So you will see us eating some pizza throughout today's show. Uh, so friends who are listening to audio, I will try and clean this up as much as possible, but you will be listening to the ASMR that is uh, Zach and I chewing a little bit while uh, while we uh, while we talk. So don't worry about that. Yeah, I will say I've never had deep dish pizza before. And in honor of, you know, obviously this is an indie based place with deep dish pizza, Chicago style deep dish, deep dish pizza. So they gave us uh, some free slices. It's actually pretty good. Like, you know, when I first heard of deep dish pizza, I always thought it was, you know, put like someone just mistakenly made pizza the wrong way and they put sauce on top of the cheese. But actually, it's pretty good. I'm 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 a big fan of this. So. Yeah, if you guys hear me chewing throughout, like I'm, I enjoy this pizza. I thank you for Luminati's for it's Luminati's, right? That's what they're called. Luminati's, not Lu- Illuminati. Sorry, sorry, Luminati's. <laughs> um, obviously, I'm not from India, so I don't know it as well. But <laughs> Luminati sent this to me all the way in Virginia. Really good pizza. Really good pizza. I highly recommend. Mm-hmm. I even put some some Italian seasoning and some garlic on top. Very very good pizza. Yeah, no, this is really really good. Again. I live in Central Indy. They've got a bunch of different locations. I got mine from the Avon location. That's the one closest to me. So uh, thanks again to them. Cannot recommend that enough. So Indiana, we are for sale. If someone wants to hook us up with some tenderloins or something now, you're on the clock. <laughs> we'll go ahead and get get to some Colts topics now. Uh, so again, training camp is a wrap. 13 practices that included a preseason game against the Bills two joint practices against the Bears. Uh, so we want to start with going into the, the biggest storylines. There were a lot of big storylines going in. And we've got, if not resolution, we've got some clarity to a lot of those topics now. Uh, so, Zach, it was Shane Steichen's debut as as a uh, head coach. I think this offense is going to look vastly different now. Uh, we know who the quarterback is now. Uh, I think we know some things they can do to maneuver around the issues of not having Jonathan Taylor. 
Uh, a lot of young guys are going to be getting a lot of playing time. Uh, so with really just one paragraph, I wrapped up all the different <laughs> topics we want to tackle in this segment. Uh, but let's just start at the top with Shane Steichen. You were out here for a couple practices. What's the vibe you've been getting? Uh, definitely a new coach, and that's not a bad thing or a good thing. It's just that he's obviously his first time being in that head coaching role. Um, obviously, I'm a big fan of everything Shane Steichen will do once the regular season comes around. But uh, I think my biggest takeaway was how secretive he wants to be about everything. You know, we can't dive into scheme with him. We can't dive into injuries with him. We can't dive into all these certain things. Um, I'm not saying that's the wrong way to approach this whatsoever, but it's definitely a fun way uh, to approach it there. So, yeah, I think Shane Steichen, you know, I think it's going to be a bit of a learning experience for him as well as our new starting quarterback, which we'll talk about here in a second. Uh, But I'm excited for Shane. Like nothing has really changed throughout this entire process for me saying like oh I'm down on Shane Steichen or I'm uh high on Shane Steichen like Shane Steichen like it's kind of just been exactly um what I've been since the beginning you know Shane Steichen's a young coach a really good offensive mind and I'm excited to see what he can do with Anthony Richardson so yeah I don't think training camp's really changed too much of my thoughts on him but it has been fun to see him out there and see that football nerd trying to tone it down and kind of cut all the scheme talks I know he wants a talk scheme but he just won't obviously in front of (laughs) in front of everybody oh yeah i feel like he's a guy you crack a couple beers with him at the owners meetings or something and you'd be an open book like he could probably spill all the secrets but just has to keep that buttoned up while he's coaching um so we obviously know the quarterback now after the first couple weeks it was gardner Minshew and anthony richardson it was only a matter of time until anthony was going to be declared the guy whether that was end of the season or what but you had your safe option with Gardner Minshew where there was a clear, clear ceiling. And then you had Anthony Richardson where uh, some some bumps there. Uh, he wasn't really being outperformed by Minshew, but is clearly not near his ceiling yet. But that ceiling is in the freaking stratosphere. You know what I mean? Uh, mm-hmm. So what, what have you thought of him so far? Is he farther along than you thought as a passer? Yeah, you know, again, I it would be hard to find someone who is as high on Anthony Richardson in the pre-draft process as I was. I mean, I was saying since December that he was my QB1, and a lot of that really didn't have to do with who he currently is. It's more of who he can be. Uh, so when I was out there for training camp for that week, and you can attest to this too because you've been out there for every training camp practice, Jake, uh, I was I was surprised that he looked further ahead than what I thought. You know, I thought his first training camp – would be a bit of a shell shock. You know, I thought there would be times where, you know, defenses are throwing things at him where he's not really able to diagnose it perfectly. And he, you know, eats more sacks than you would expect or throws more picks than what you would expect. And don't get me wrong, there have been examples of that throughout training camp. But for the most part, you know, he got the ball out pretty well. The The velocity's great. Uh, he seems to be operating pretty well with these pass catchers. Like, I, like I came away from my week of training camp thinking, this is an NFL starting quarterback. Maybe it's not the star that we're expecting or that we want sometime in the future, but like this is an NFL starting quarterback. Like there are some issues in his games and some mechanics that you want to clean up. But for the most part, this is a guy who deserves to start. And I'm glad Shane Steichen after that first preseason game said, you know what, let's roll with him. He's going to get all the reps from now on. He's a starting quarterback. Let's get him out there. I think that was the right decision by Shane Steichen and everything I saw when I was at training camp said like, yeah, let's get this guy on the field. Absolutely. There's just been, you watch those two guys play and you just see Gardner and you're like, yeah, you know, this can get them by for a couple of weeks. Like 
it's just going to be, it is what it is. But with Anthony, there's just so many more things you can do. Sure. He hasn't seen near as much as, as Gardner, but the athleticism, the arm strength, all of it, the playbook just seems more open there. Uh, there was a couple big uh, veteran news and notes. Jonathan Taylor has been there uh, in Westfield for half of training camp, but has been excused away from the team for this last half, really. Um, contract dispute, physically unable to perform list with an ankle. Uh, basically, that is what it is. We've talked about that ad nauseum. Uh, but linebacker Shaquille Leonard, very positive note. Uh, he's been practicing throughout camp. Uh, the only day I can really recall missing was this last practice. Uh, he's only been getting steadily more and more involved, uh, moving around really well, was able to play in the preseason game, which means he, you know, they're letting him get in full contact. I mean, he could have been just as, as involved in the physicality as Grant Stewart was while he was out there. You know what I mean? So um, it looks like, you know, the, the chains are off, you know? Uh, yeah. R- really positive development. Yeah, I would say uh, if you told me going into training camp that Shaquille Leonard would practice almost almost every single day and he would be doing full contact and then Jonathan Taylor would be holding out with contract. Ex- I mean, I'm not saying holding out, but you know what I mean? Like this this constant back and forth at the beginning. If you told me that back in June, I would be like, what are you talking about? I never would have expected, I, I think, either of these outcomes. I never would have expected Jonathan Taylor to be doing or to be having all this kind of drama that we've seen this offseason and then obviously uh Shaquille Leonard we voiced our concerns about that quite a few times here on the podcast um so one on one hand it's great to see Shaquille Leonard out there it's great to see him uh playing and doing all the physical stuff that we want to see and and being on track to start week one and then on the other hand it's unfortunate that the Jonathan Taylor situation has gotten to where it is so a little bit bittersweet with those two uh, news and notes there, but at the end of the day, I'm, I am happy to see Shaquille Leonard back out there because we we were very concerned, obviously, uh, earlier in the offseason, uh, but it's, it seems like all things are pointing in the right direction with that. Very good for the linebacker group in general because EJ Speed, we, we like to see him out there and everything, but the depth is still, eh, maybe, maybe leaves a little to be desired. Um, you, you definitely want to see Shaq and Franklin and Speed out there versus – Doman or Stewart being that third guy, for example. So definitely a boost. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And coming up, guys, we're going to talk about some of the biggest winners or stock up guys throughout Colts training camp and the players that really impressed us in what we saw out there with Colts camp. But first, these days, every new potential hire can feel like a high stakes wager for your small business. You want to be 100% certain that you have access to the best qualified candidates available. That's why you have to check out LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the right people for your team faster and for free. Just add the job, add your job and the purple hashtag hiring frame to your LinkedIn profile to spread the word that you are hiring. Simple tools like screening questions make it easier to focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience so you can quickly prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the qualified candidates that you want to talk to faster. Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash locked on NFL. That's linkedin.com slash locked on NFL to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. 
and everydayers. Again, we're going to be back with you guys all all week next week, Monday through Friday, to talk about the Colts. Obviously, Jake's not going to be there in person to give the scoop that he's been giving, uh, but we will still be talking Colts training camp, talking about just a, kind of the overview of this Colts roster. So everydayers, make sure you're tuning into Locked on Colts next week for Colts joint practices with the Philadelphia Eagles. All right, Jake, so diving into our stock up or just kind of our, you know, our biggest winners of training camp so far, the one guy I kind of wanted to lead this segment off with was a player that you put in our notes here where I know a lot of fans have been kind of talking to me being like, hey, I haven't heard much of this player. I haven't heard much of him. Like, how how is he doing in camp? But you have him as one of the biggest winners, and that is defensive end Quiddy Pay. Uh, Quiddy Pay might be flying under the radar so far this offseason, but you've seen some pretty good things out of him, right? Yeah, absolutely. Especially in the last week or so, um, you know, we've talked about when every year when these joint practices get going, it seems like there's always a couple guys that kind of come alive at that point. And that's been Quiddy Pay. Uh, he basically lived in Chicago's backfield, harassing Justin Fields and the running backs. Uh, so he's looked really good. He, he's had, you know, would be sacks or, you know, consistent pressures throughout most of the practices, it seems like. Uh, so that's a guy. The Colts don't have a proven clear-cut top pass rusher, so you're hoping someone steps up in that in, in that uh, capacity this year. And it's certainly Quiddy Pay's turn to do it. You know what I mean? He looked like he could he looked like he could get there last year at times when he was able to play, but that ankle just kept him from being able to fully participate. So you hope yeah. to see that moving forward this year. And then I asked him about his health after practice yesterday, after the last practice. You know, he had the ankle that bothered him all year, similar to Jonathan Taylor. And I said, you know, you've been out here pretty much every practice. How's the ankle? Is that fully gone in the past? And he said, oh, yeah, that's not even a thing anymore. Uh, so the guy's fully healed, feels great, looks great. Uh, all thumbs up there. That's good. And then we have a couple of pass catchers as well. Uh, two players that really popped when I was out there at training camp for my week. And that's Alec Pierce and Kylan Granson. Alec Pierce looks like completely different pass catcher. He looks like... It's interesting, like he doesn't look like skinnier, but he just looks leaner and looks more muscular and looks faster and more fluid than he looked last year uh, at any point last year, really. So seeing him throughout training camp, seeing him uh, just stacking and beating guys deep constantly, and you can attest more to the Chicago Bears practices. Maybe he did a little bit more in those as well. Uh, and then Kylan Granson, obviously his stock is going to be up because he's the only tight end that's actually healthy on the entire roster right now. But he's just a player built for the offseason with how he's able to get open and and just easily separate against defenders. So both those players look like they're in line for a pretty big season this year. Yeah, just starting with Granson, uh, again, like you mentioned, all the other top guys have been injured. Mo Alley-Cox has missed the last, missed last couple weeks. I think Jelani Woods practiced once or twice during camp. Uh, Granson was already tied in three, but has been tied in one the entire time. And then you get that opportunity, and he's answered. He catches pretty much everything within his vicinity, which used to be a problem for him. Uh, he's run after the catch. He's made tough catches. So the guys really answered the call very well. Uh, and I think it gives Shane Steichen a clearer opinion of what he can do with Grants moving forward because he hasn't had to split all those reps with Woods and Mo Cox. And, I mean, even Drew Ogletree to an extent because Ogletree's missed time. Uh, so – They've got to know exactly what they have in Granson. And then with Pierce, we already knew the guy could make big plays, track the ball deep, things like that. I've just really been impressed with everything he does before the catch. Like I watch him running his routes, making his breaks, all those things. 
It's a lot cleaner, a lot smoother and less rigid than it was as a rookie. And he even talked about yesterday, you know, now that he is comfortable in year two and, you know, he knows the playbook and he's not worrying about everything being a new experience for him. Now he gets to focus on the nuances of his position. It's not about the playbook or just being in the NFL in general anymore. He actually gets to focus on some detail. And that's really, really displayed itself on the practice field. Yeah, and that's a big thing with Alec Pierce, too, is like last year we saw the big plays. We saw some pretty good moments from him, but he was he was among the worst receivers in all of football in terms of separating, you know, on each route, you know, separation per route run. But when you're watching him in camp, and maybe this is a testament against the Colts corners, but like you're watching him in camp, he's like – wide open on every single route he is getting open he looks so much quicker he looks so much faster uh so i'm really high on alec pierce's potential for this next season uh but let's go over to the defensive backfield you know the colts are going super super young at both safety and corner and two players that have caught your eye are daryl daryl baker jr and nick cross jake i know we've talked about these two guys quite a bit here on the podcast but what do you think about those two guys uh now as your time at training camp has ended oh i gushed about nick cross yesterday (laughs) But um, no, I'm just really impressed with him knowing that last year didn't go his way. And as a 20 year old kid, you know, maybe maybe that was on display at times last year. Uh, now, every, everyone has really positive things to say about how he is approaching things as a professional, studying, doing everything it takes, even, you know, equating practices to walkthroughs like everything takes effort. He's giving everything effort. And he's making plays on the field. You know, last year on the field, he was doing some nice things in, in camp and preseason, but maybe wasn't where he needed to be as a, as a professional. And now he's kind of caught up to that. So really good stuff there. And um, Daryl Baker Jr., I mean, has anyone on the Colts come out of left field more than him? Because go back a month, I mean, we had heard of him because he's on the roster, but like a lot of Colts fans, especially the people there watching at Grand Park had probably no clue who that was. And rightfully so, because he had never done anything in the NFL before. Ron Milas said he didn't know who he was and that's his new (laughs) defensive backs coach. We Um, love how candid Ron Milas is by the way. He's awesome. Great. So he went from being, I mean, excuse the bluntness here an NFL, nobody to being a team's top outside corner. Whose last top outside corner was Stefan Gilmore. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's big expectations, and I'm not trying to say that's the performance level he's going to have, but, I mean, he's being entrusted with a pretty significant role in this defense. Yeah, I'm excited for Daryl Baker Jr. I think that's the player I'm most excited for this season, not because I'm thinking that he's going to come out and be Stephon Gilmore Jr. or Stephon Gilmore. Um, I just, you know, like everything I've seen so far in camp and I've seen the preseason, like this is a player who knows how to play the cornerback position, who's really good under 20 yards, really good at getting physical, really explosive. And if he can be a little bit better on the deep ball, I think this can be a number one or a number two corner for this Colts team going forward. So I'm really excited for him. And then obviously Nick Cross, we talked a ton about him last night, so I don't want to go too much into him, but just great development to see from such a young player to turn it around, at least as of right now, after a really tough season a year ago. Some other players I wanted to shout out here before we get out of this segment. Grant Stewart, I thought was phenomenal in that Buffalo Bills game. Absolute star uh, from from defensive plays to forcing a turnover to having an amazing special teams play as well. Linebacker Grant Stewart looks to be linebacker four going into the season. McTelvin Aguim, uh, defensive tackle, 
uh, has had a really good camp so far and looks like he's solidifying himself a roster spot. And then Arlington Hambright, a guy who, again, going into this camp, like kind of a NFL nobody, but he's shown that he has the ability to play left tackle, can play backup right guard. He looks like he's going to be like O-line player number eight or number nine this year for the Colts unless they make some waiver claims. So I feel like those three guys came into camp kind of on the roster bubble, and all three of them have been very close to solidifying their spot on this Colts roster through through really strong camp performances. Yeah, and no, I've, I've been really impressed with those guys. I definitely wanted to talk about Hambright before we hopped off. Um, so, yeah, I'm glad you mentioned him. Now, moving forward in segment three, we're going to kind of look at the flip side, some guys that maybe weren't able to impress. You know, maybe they were banged up. We need to see more from them. But first, a word from Nevermore. At Nevermore, get lost in literality and experience a place filled with intricate design and immersive experiences. From upscale food and spirits to music and entertainment, Nevermore will never be a predictable destination. There's 25,000 square feet of space, which features multiple rooms with different themes even. Uh, Nevermore has an elevated pub food menu and an old world style pub in the center of the space featuring classic handcrafted cocktails, draft beer, wine, and seltzers. There's also a secret passage to a hidden speakeasy bar, a rooftop terrace, which I've seen it has an absolutely incredible view of the city right down the uh, right down to Monument Circle, a game bar with classic billiards, duck pin bowling, arcade games, and more. Again, I've been there. I was blown away by that place. Like I wish, I wish it was never more when I was in my early 20s and going out to the bars a lot more because I would have been there all the time. That place is awesome. Uh, I've also told you guys, you know, about the shows coming up, the pregame shows before every home game. That includes Saturday. Uh, the link for tickets is here in the show notes. So I would love to see you guys out there. Pack the house, have a great time. It's going to be a great deal. You know, for the price, again, you get unlimited food, open bar, all these games. It is an awesome time. And then you can scoot over to Lucas Oil or just watch the game from the bar. Do whatever. Visit Nevermore under the historic Union Station on South Meridian Street in Indy. Follow Nevermore Union Station on Instagram or nevermoreunionstation.com. Escape and explore the extraordinary at Nevermore. Zach, so this summer, there was a lot of guys who we had circled in big red marker as guys who needed to do something or guys who we assumed would have big summers and some of them just really haven't been able to do that. Uh, looking at a, a pair of tight ends here first, Mo Cox and Jelani Woods. Now, the reason I don't include Drew Ogletree in this is because he just needed to prove that he was back from the knee, and he is. Mm-hmm. He's got a shoulder right now that he, has cost him about a week or so, but they didn't put him on IR or anything, so I think he's going to be fine. Uh, but yeah, Mo Cox has missed like two weeks with an ankle injury. He's had to fend off all these younger guys to even stay relevant in the lineup, even from a blocking perspective or as a pass catcher, which we know that's not, that's not his jam. <laughs> like that's not his best role. Uh, so he really hasn't been able to show much. Even when he was out there, Kylan Granson was showing out, you know, Drew Ogletree was doing things. Will Mallory came back eventually and did some nice things. Uh, so Mo Alley Cox and Jelani Woods, Woods, he's been out again, like I mentioned, almost all of training camp with this hamstring, which he also had the hamstring during the spring. So he's missed the vast majority of the last several months. And that, that's just a real bummer because that is like 
other than Alec Pierce, you're looking at two big breakout stars on the offense, Alec Pierce and Jelani Woods. Now, Woods will be back at some point, but the whole tight end glow up thing where they're going to have this dominant tight end group, it's kind of delayed a bit because most of the participants have been hurt all summer. Yeah, I know. It's like three or four guys have been hurt like every single day at practice. That's why they have rostered like 11 guys right now on the on the uh, 90-man roster. But yeah, I, I would agree that those are two guys that I like. I wouldn't call them losers right now because one, that's just a weird term to say for NFL football players. But um, Nisa show out, I think, is is a good way to phrase it because for Jelani Woods, like he's making this team and when he's healthy, he's tight end one on the roster. But he needs to be healthy. You know, you need to get that hamstring figured out. It's been something that's been bugging him since spring and now is bugging him throughout all of August so far. So it's like we need to get Jelani Woods on the football field. And then for Molly Cox, like you said, the Colts are kind of embracing this youth movement at like every position. And when you're looking at tight end, they have all these youthful tight ends they want to get on the field. Where does Molly Cox fall into that? if he's not even practicing in the off season. So yeah, I think these are two guys that just need to get back on the football field. And then when they do, they need to show out to, to prove that they're worth playing over guys like Kylan Granson, who has been healthy this entire off season and has been showing out so far throughout camp. So yeah, I think it's really big to get both these guys back on the field, especially for Molly Cox, if he wants to make the team, but for Jelani Woods just to be healthy and actually practice in the Shane Steichen offense. Yeah, without a doubt, because Kylan Granson right now, tight end one uh, to, to a certain extent, because I think they trust him to block a little more than people think at the moment as well. So, yeah, yeah, uh, no, for sure. On, I think I think yeah. Kyle, no, sorry, I, I don't want to interrupt you there. Yeah. But yeah, I think Kylan Granson, it has to be tight end one as of right now. Like we're both really high on Jelani Woods and we think when Jelani Woods is healthy, he should be tight end one. But yeah, as of right now, Kylan Granson is your best separator in the group. He's a guy who can get open, especially in backsides, three by ones, or if you're going to go empty, being like um, a two by three inside guy, like he's going to be a guy who can get open for you. And that's what you need for your young quarterback. So as of right now, yeah, Kylan Granson is tight end one. He's also H back one for like that fullback role. Uh, Kylan Granson has really stood out compared to these other tight ends who have just been hurt throughout all of training camp. Yeah. And uh, someone over here, uh, Adam Jamison made a good point. Are the tight ends not going to play as big a role in Shane Steichen's offense? Dallas Goddard uh, is pretty good and only had 55 balls. So Goddard was hurt for like half the year. I think he was on pace for actually to have a pretty big year. Um, so as long as Steichen, <laughs> there you go. As long as Steichen has a healthy crop of tight ends to go to, I think they'll be very involved, which is why I think if Kylan Granson remains the only healthy guy, big ups to him. I mean, he, he's going to have big numbers. Uh, but moving along to another guy who is notable on the lineup, uh, Julian Blackman. He spent a lot of time out as well with a hamstring. Like, I think he missed the first couple weeks as well. In his absence, Nick Cross was awesome. You know, and then when Rodney Thomas went out for a few days, it was Blackman and Cross out there. But then during these joint practices with the Bears, I haven't. I don't really think Julian Blackman was out there very much during the eleven on eleven. So again, it was Nick Cross out there balling out with Rodney Thomas. And if you're the Colts, do you not see that pair and say that's our future at safety? Because mm -hmm. I mean, I've always been a very, very big Julian Blackman fan, and I think he brings a value this year that Rodney McLeod did last year. Similarly, he's an older guy who's always been very cerebral, always had a great football IQ, great communicator. Uh, so he could certainly help in that way. 
but he's a free agent after this year as well. So how do the Colts, how do the Colts see that? You know what I mean? Like, do you just go with the youth movement at safety with two guys who are playing really well? I will say it is funny though, just to throw a little quip in here that Julian Blackman is an older guy. And I think he's like the same age, if not younger than Rodney Thomas. Like yeah, <laughs> that that's hilarious to me, but no, I'm, I'm with you. I think like, look, if Nick Cross at 21, I think he might be 22 when the season starts, but like if Nick Cross is showing to be the, the strong safety that you drafted him to be, how do you put him on the bench? How do you take him off the field? Like, I know that we love Julian Blackman, a very smart football player, uh, plays really physical and he can probably project really well to being a strong safety but if Blackman's been out this whole training camp and Nick Cross has been stepping in and playing exceedingly well how do you go back to to Julian Blackman when Julian Blackman's coming up on being a free agent where you have Nick Cross under control for another two to three years you know like I, I think if Nick Cross continues to show out you have to roll with Nick Cross and then and Julian Blackman kind of becomes your backup slot, your backup strong safety, your backup free safety, uh, kind of that versatile backup, which is still valuable. But like if Julian Blackman wants to keep his strong safety spot, his starting strong safety spot, he needs to get out there and get, you know, with the pads on and actually play some some football because Nick Cross is coming for that job. And Nick Cross is playing exceedingly well. He's getting the, the praise of all the coaches right now. Like Nick Cross, if he shows that he's ready to play, the team is going to go with the 22 year old that runs a four three and, and they drafted in the third round by trading up to get him, you know, like that, that's who they're going to roll with. So yeah, it's, it's huge for Julian Blackman to get out there and actually practice uh, these next couple of weeks, because like, again, Nick Cross is showing out right now. Yeah. And Gus Bradley doesn't historically use three safeties very often. So, I mean, as, as long as cross has Ron Miles's trust, I'm very curious how this is all going to kind of play out. Uh, another guy I wanted to, to mention, which this whole topic is kind of good because there aren't very many uh, guys who you'd say stock down or losers from training camp for the Colts because it's been very youthful. Uh, but Jojo Doman is a guy who I thought might have more of an impact this camp. Uh, he seemed to me like he was going to be pretty clearly the fourth linebacker. Uh, and with we thought Shaquille Leonard probably wasn't going to be as involved as he was, which was going to mean more reps for uh, more reps for Doman. Now the fourth linebacker has seen quite a few reps with, you know, EJ speed has missed a a little bit of time. Leonard hasn't been full go the entire time. Uh, But the guy who's really stood out is Grant Stewart. And also Saguna Luby did pretty well during practice before he got his head injury. Uh, So Doman's been fine. I don't want to make it seem like he hasn't done anything, but Grant Stewart has been very, very involved. And from everything I've seen is the fourth linebacker right now. So I think there's a golden opportunity for him in these final two preseason games to really show out and do some things. Yeah, and I want to throw out a couple more guys that I just want to see a little bit more of in these next couple of preseason games and, and obviously in the joint practices next week. But uh, Juju Brents and Darius Rush, you just want to see more of those rookies getting out there and, and playing and performing the way that we know they can. They missed a lot of time and they've kind of been slow getting back up to speed, but I'm not too worried about them. They'll probably both make the roster, but it's just like, you know, you want to see a little bit more from them. Uh, going to the offensive line, Danny Pinter and Emil Ekior Jr. Uh, has not been a good offseason for those two guys on the second offensive line. So you really want to see a little bit more out of uh, out of key backup players. And then going back to the tight end room, Farrell Brown. It has not been the offseason we expected for Farrell Brown, that veteran blocking tight end uh, getting thrown out of practice last night having that big holding penalty in the first preseason game against the Buffalo Bills. You just want to see a little bit more there. 
um, from from those guys. But that's all we have for today, guys. Again, all right, Zach, in. I'm gonna I'm gonna butt in for a second. I know oh. you you go on airplane mode during the show, um, <laughs> but a few roster moves just got announced. Nope. So uh, the Colts went ahead and placed Jannard Avery on IR. He's got the LCL and meniscus, I believe. He's done for the year. They also waived injured uh, wide receiver Malik Turner. He's been banged oh. up a couple days. Okay. But the guy they added to the roster, free agent wide receiver James Washington, formerly oh. of the Steelers and Cowboys. So I, I know you're going to have something to say about that one. Okay. Hey, a, a guy who knows how to block, a guy who can do the dirty work, uh, pretty good. Uh, you know, he's not like a big time separator, but he can catch the ball when it's thrown in his vicinity. Uh, mm-hmm. Very interesting move there. So that'll be something to watch for sure. Uh, so yeah. Bad, yeah. Not bad to add to an already kind of deep uh, group of, of wide receivers in terms of name recognition, not necessarily yeah. performance, but. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. So uh, we'll have to keep an eye on that these next couple of days. But every day is, again, we'll be back here all week next week talking Colts training camp, talking joint practices with the Philadelphia Eagles, and then talking what we want to see out of these last couple preseason games. And if you don't already, make sure you're following at Locked on Colts, at Jake Arthur NFL, and at Zach Hicks to all on X. Subscribe to Locked on Colts podcast on YouTube or wherever you listen to your podcast. We'd love your guys' ratings and reviews, and we'll see you guys back here tomorrow after the Colts game.